After finishing off ten more ghouls in the Great Cavern, the group dismembered the undead bodies and argued about what to do next. Turnham tried to tend to everyone's wounds, but was unable to bandage anyone because his healer's kits were destroyed by the fireball. Eventually, the group went back to the storeroom, where Lee cast alarm. Attilius cast detect magic as a ritual, but did not detect anything unexpected. The group rested for an hour, uninterrupted. Refreshed, the group decided to explore the fungi cavern from the southern entrance. After much consideration, they abandoned this approach as too dangerous and unnecessary, and decided they should face the Flaming Skull now and get it over with. Back in the Great Cavern, the group decided to split up, with Turnham, Attilius, Pippin, and Snoke sneaking in from the south, and Lee, Maula, Albrecht, and Julius sneaking in from the west. They agreed that Attilius's firebolt would be the trigger to attack. Turnham cast light on Lee's hand axe. Attilius looked into the room and saw a dim light coming from the northwest, but did not see the flaming skull. Slowly, Turinim and Attilius advanced into the room. Lee looked into the room and saw a dim light coming from the southeast. Albrecht advanced into the room and Lee noticed another light coming from the northeast and quickly pulled Albrecht back and shuttered his light. Attilius saw the light get briefly dimmer, and then they all saw the flame skull rise from the depths on the channel to the cavern's ceiling. Albrecht moved closer to the flaming skull and pricked his hand with his rapier, and cast Bane at the Flaming Skull. The Flaming Skull cast Blur, and it began to waver and shift before the group's eyes. Attilius hit the Flaming Skull with a firebolt, but the flames had no effect. He moved back into the south corridor with Pippin. Lee pulled out Talon and began cutting off the heads of the zombies laying on the floor. Turnham cast Toll of the Dead, but it had no effect on the Flaming Skull. Mala moved up to the channel and threw a dart, pricking the Flaming Skull. Julius summoned the spectral appearance of the hawk spirit totem, allowing his companions to focus on the blurred skull. Albrecht shouted, I see your complexion resembles Merkel himself, with vicious mockery, causing its jaw to drop. Undeterred, the flaming skull cast fireball in the southern corridor. Pippin managed to leap out of the corridor into the great cavern, avoiding most of the flames, but Turinim and Attilius fell down, scorched and blackened. Fearing the worst for Pippin, Lee cast Hunter's Mark on the Flaming Skull and fired his crossbow, nicking the skull. Mala threw a dart but missed. Julius climbed between the blast furnace and the mechanical bellows towards the southern corridor. Albrecht cast Healing Word at Turinim, reviving him. Pippin came back into the smelter's cavern, calling out to the Flaming Skull and hitting it square with his shortbow. Then he dashed back into the corridor as the Flaming Skull spun in the air and lost concentration on its blur. The flaming skull shot its fire ray at Lee, but Lee was able to duck behind the bellows. Mala nicked it again with another dart. Julius reached Turnim and cast Cure Wounds. Albrecht shouted, You suck! with vicious mockery, but the flaming skull ignored him. Lee shot at the skull with his crossbow, and even though the flaming skull cast shield, the arrow chipped away at it. Pippin came back into the smelter's cavern, called out to the flaming skull, fired his shortbow again and dashed back into the corridor. The shot went wide, but Pippin was lucky, as the skull hovered right into the arrow. Turnham cast Spare the Dying and Healing Word on Attilius, reviving him. The flaming skull shot its fire ray at Mala, but she dodged it. Then it fired it again, searing her slightly. Attilius cast Ray of Frost at the skull, causing it to shudder slightly, and slow. 
Lee nicked the skull again with a bolt from his crossbow. Turner moved up and brandished his holy symbol, and channeling his divinity turned it, forcing it to retreat into the northeast corner. Turnham cast cure wounds on himself, while the group maneuvered into strategic positions around the flaming skull. Attilius cast Witchbolt at the turned flaming skull, electrocuting it with a beam of crackling blue energy. With the immediate threat eliminated, Lee continued to behead the zombie bodies. Turnham cast Toll of the Dead on the flaming skull. Mallet jumped across the channel. Attilius continued to electrocute the fallen skull. When he was done, Mala smashed it into pieces with her staff. Albrecht and Pippin helped Lee behead the fallen zombie bodies. When they were satisfied they had done enough damage to the crushed skull fragments, Mala and Pippin put all the remains into a pouch. Then everyone dropped down into the channel and headed east into the booming water cavern and sprinkled the remains of the skull into the water below. From there, the group headed down the corridor to the northwest. The passageway narrowed until it was barely four feet high. It was obstructed by rounded boulders and pebbles. Squeezing through, they found themselves on the edge of a wide rift that filled the eastern half of a large cavern. At the bottom of the twenty-foot rift, a five-foot-wide stream flowed north. The cavern extended farther than they could see with their limited light. Turnham realized that Snog was missing and argued that they needed to go back and find him. So they doubled back past the booming water cavern and to the smelter's cavern, towards the great cavern. When they got to the corridor, they found him. "'Terry, there you are!' squealed Snog, stepping out of the corridor into the smelter's cavern. "'Snog, we were looking for you this whole time,' Pippin lied. "'We're so glad we found you!' "'Where did you go?' Turnham asked. "'What happened?' "'What happened to you?' Snog responded. "'I hid under the table!' "'We killed the flaming skull.' Turnham answered, for good this time. You did, Snog replied. Excellent, that's great. I was afraid you died in that fireball, Snog cried. What are we going to do now? Lacking any clear direction, the group began a long argument about where to head next. Eventually they decided to go back to the starry cavern and explore the single door at the northern end. The door was stuck, and Pippin managed to smash it open. Turnham shined his light inside, where they saw a ransacked and burned workplace. Rising from the walls of the room were eight bugbear zombies. Everyone moved back while Julius immediately stepped into the center of the room and cast Thunderwave, knocking the two closest bugbears back down to the floor. Julius quickly backed out of the room, and Albrecht took his place and cast his own Thunderwave, knocking down two more. Albrecht then backed out, and Attilius took his place and cast Burning Hands, killing the closest two bugbear zombies and searing the four behind them. Attilius backed out of the room. Pippin ran into the room, stabbed the closest moving bugbear zombie, and dashed back out of the room. Lee shot an arrow into the room but missed. Turnham cast Toll of the Dead on another bugbear zombie, but it had no effect. Mala stepped into the room, whacked a different bugbear twice with her staff, and dashed out of the room. Julius stepped into the room alone and cast Thunderwave again, killing four of them. The two remaining bugbear zombies swung their paws at Julius, pinning him to the wall. Albrecht ran into the room and stabbed at one of them with his rapier, but could not pierce its hide. Pippin dashed in, stabbed one with a short sword, and dashed out. Attilius threw a firebolt, killing the one pinning Julius. Lee drew Talon and ran in boldly, but could not penetrate the thick hide. Turnham cast Toll of the Dead on the last bugbear zombie, draining its life force. 
Mallow ran in and smacked the last bugbear zombie twice. But it was still up. Julius tried to hit it with produced flame, but the bugbear zombie dived out of the way, falling down in the process. Albrecht encouraged Lee with his bardic inspiration. Pippin dashed in and stabbed it on the ground, ripping its guts out. As the group began examining the room, one of the bugbear zombies rose up again. Still inspired, Lee swung mightily at it, but swung wide. Mala stepped up to Lee's side and swung her staff at the last bugbear zombie, knocking it against the wall. Then she followed up with a kick that dropped it, and finally she stuck her staff through its head, killing it for good and showing Lee how it's done. Pippin and Julius cut the heads off the bugbear zombies. Attilius took out his spellbook and cast Detect Magic as a ritual. He did not detect any unexpected magic. They decided to go through the door on the southern wall of the room. Pippin tried the door and found that it was stuck. Pushing with all his might, he was able to open it. They entered a large, badly damaged workshop with scorched work tables taking up two corners of the room. The plaster had been burned off the masonry walls. In the middle of the room, a stone pedestal held a small brazier in which an eerie green flame danced and crackled. The brazier and its pedestal appeared to have been untouched by the forces that destroyed this area. Attilius clearly detected magic in the room, stemming from the brazier, and determined that this must be the Forge of Spells. Behind the brazier of green flame, a spherical creature, measuring roughly four feet in diameter, floated. Four eye stalks protruded from its central mass, two on each side. In the center of the body was a large eye. They all heard, Hello, from a burbling voice inside their heads. Who are you? Lee asked the spectator. Who are you? They all heard in their heads in reply. You're alive. Do you know us? Lee asked. No, they all heard in their heads. Do you know me? No, Lee replied. Introduce yourself. I am the guardian of the Forge of Spells, they all heard in their heads. Nice to meet you, Pippin replied. I'm Pippin Thomas. I'm ten. We're here to rescue the Forge of Spells, Turnham announced, from the enemies we believe are trying to disturb it. Have you heard? I am the guardian, they all heard in their heads. What kind of creature are you? Turnham asked. I am the guardian, they all heard in their heads again. I have a question for you, Lee began. This might be a little rude, but I need to ask. How can we trust you to be the one who is protecting the Forge of Spells? You can't trust me, they all heard in their heads. I can't, Lee responded. You cannot trust me, they all heard in their heads. Why? Lee asked. Because I am the Guardian, they all heard in their heads. Why can't the Guardian be trusted? Lee tried to reason. You cannot trust me, they all heard in their heads. Can you trust me? Lee asked. I do not trust you, they all heard in their heads. Why don't you trust me? Lee asked. Because I am the guardian, they all heard in their heads. When did you get here? Turnham asked. I am the guardian, they all heard in their heads. 
I have always been here. Forever? Attilius asked. Since the dawn of time? I have always been here, guarding the forge of spells. They all heard in their heads. From who? Turnham asked. From everyone. Are we allowed to touch the forge? Lee started. No! They all heard in their heads. Do not touch the forge. Can I use the forge of spells? Lee asked. No. Why not? Lee asked again. Because I am the guardian. Why are you the guardian? Turnham asked. I am the guardian. They all heard in their heads again, repeated. I am the guardian. I am the guardian. The spectator wagged its tongue, and one of the eye stalks turned to Lee, and his muscles locked up, and he found himself paralyzed. Convinced that this being was evil, Turnham cast toll of the dead on it, draining a little of its life energy. Sensing the battle had commenced, Mala swung her staff, whacking the aberration twice, and followed up with a spinning kick, causing it to spin slightly. Julius threw produced flame at it for little effect. When it stopped spinning, one of the eye stalks focused on Mala, and she fled the room in fear. Another eye stalk focused on Turnham, and his muscles locked up, and he found himself paralyzed. Then it bit Turnham, nimbling at him. Albrecht stabbed at it under its central eye with his rapier and psychic blade. Pippin rushed forward, stabbing it with each of his short swords. Attilius hit it with a firebolt. Almost at the smelter's cavern, Mala regained her senses and made her way back outside the forge room. An eyestalk looked at Pippin and then at Albrecht. Both of them expected to be paralyzed, but paralysis never came. The spectator continued to nibble at Turnham. Confused by the powers of the spectator's eyestalks, Albrecht stabbed Pippin, and Pippin stabbed Julius. Attilius hit it with the three magic missiles. Mala ran back into the room and whacked the aberration against the wall, and again it bounced back and followed up with a tornado kick that sent it crashing into the floor where it stopped moving, its tongue still wagging out of its mouth. As soon as it dropped, Lee and Turnham regained their freedom of movement, and Albrecht and Pippin were able to clear their minds. Once they were satisfied that the spectator was dead and that they were relatively safe, Lee pulled out Talon and dipped it into the forge and it began to glow. Pippin, Turnham, Mala, Albrecht, Julius, Lee, and Attilius dipped the rest of their weapons and many of their items into the forge, and all of them began to glow slightly. Attilius detected magic on all of the items. Pippin dipped his boots of springing and striding into the forge. Testing them, he banged his head on the ceiling. Investigating the room, Turnham found a mace and a breastplate on the work table in the southeast corner of the room. The head of the mace was shaped like a sunburst and made of solid brass. On the hilt was the symbol of Lathander, Turnham's god. When he grabbed it, the mace began to glow as bright as a torch. They recognized this as Lightbringer from the Dwarvish Tome. Turnham claimed the mace. The breastplate had a gold dragon motif worked into its design. Lee claimed the dragon guard breastplate. Lee cast alarm in the forge room and the group headed towards the room on the lower precipice to the south. They saw that the doors were cracked and their iron hinges partially melted, but Pippin managed to shake them loose and open the door. 
The dust, ash, flyer-blacked walls, and heaps of debris beneath the sagging ceiling of this room indicated that it was damaged by a destructive blast. The furnishings, tables, chairs, bookshelves, beds, were charred and splintered, but otherwise well-preserved. A scorched iron chest stood near the foot of one of the beds. Mala rushed in front as soon as the door was opened and everyone followed to examine the room. As soon as they entered, an incorporal form with glowing red eyes and robed in darkness rose from the ground. In grave whispers it spoke, Your presence is offensive to me. Your life forfeit. My treasures are mine alone, not yours to plunder. Who are you? Turnham asked. I am Mormusk, it replied. You must leave. Do you serve the forces of good? Turnham asked. I serve my own good, the wraith replied. Why are you here? We are trying to find the black spider, Lee answered. Do you know the black spider? No, it whispered. If we leave you, will you leave us in peace? Lee asked. Yes, it replied. Why are you here? Pippin asked. Why are you here? It replied. Don't play with me, child. Can we check in that door? Lee asked, pointing to the door on the far side of the south wall. No, it whispered in reply. Why not? Because you said so? This is my home, and your presence is offensive to me, the wraith declared. You offend me, Lee replied. It swooped towards Lee. Pippin dashed at it and stuck his two glowing swords through its incorporal form, causing it to shudder. Attilius threw a firebolt at it, but the wraith was moving too fast. It flew through Lee, draining some of the old ranger's life force. Albrecht thrust his glowing rapier into the spectral figure. Mala swung her glowing staff through it twice, and it disappeared through a wall. The group began to examine the chest when Attilius saw it appear again, flying through the wall, and hurled three scorching rays of fire at it. It flew through Lee again, draining more of his life force. Turnham swung Lightbringer at it, hurting it with the mace's radiance before it could escape again through the wall. Pippin moved to open the chest, but everyone else was on guard watching the walls. Pippin opened the chest and saw it filled with coins. The wraith flew back in through the wall, and Mala, waiting for it, swung her glowing staff through it. The wraith flew through Turnham, draining his life force and causing him to fall. Albert cast healing word on Turnham. Mormes disappeared again, through a wall, howling, No, do not take my treasure. That treasure is mine. You are formidable. Why do you battle with me? Why don't you battle with the fiend next door? We already killed it, replied Lee. Are you going to come out and fight? Yes, it answered and flew back into the room, trying in vain to grab its pipe from the chest. Albrecht was waiting and swung his glowing rapier through it, then Mala threw a flurry of blows at it, and it disappeared into thin air. Victorious, they grabbed the chest and brought it back to the forge room to rest and recover.